Welcome to Doing Big Things. I'm Brett McDermott, and every week we are going to explore the systems, mindset, and habits that are allowing people to take action on their dreams and be the hero of their own story. My hope is that you walk away from every episode with new tools and strategies that will help you to realize your full human potential and do big things in your own life. I appreciate you being here. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the DBT. That's the Doing Big Things podcast. If it's the first time that you're here with us, and we appreciate you. Uh, I'm excited today because we're speaking with an absolute rock star mortgage broker. He's also an agent, and he's created an extremely successful business in only a short period of time, really. He's also got over 28,000 Instagram followers, and he produces super valuable content on the regular. And basically, we're going to try and figure out how he's doing all he's doing. Dan Solis, thanks for being on the show, my man. Man, thanks for having me. It's an honor and super excited to be on here and talking with you. Hell yeah, brother. Let's uh, let, let's jump into it. Appreciate you taking the time. First thing, Tuesday, coming out of Labor Day weekend. I'm, I'm sure you've got a ton of stuff on your desk right now. So I definitely appreciate you, you know, carving out a little bit to uh, chat with us. Yeah, no worries. So, you know, so you're, you know, a mortgage broker. You're also a real estate agent. And I'm just curious because you don't actually see that combination as often as one might think. Yeah, so what made, what made you I'm not, so I'm not a real estate agent. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, about I threw that. you off. Threw no, off. but, but I, I don't want to say I portray it, but I kind of do because here's the thing. And, and the reason that I do it that way is because if you go out right now to the general population, you go out to, you pick a hundred people and you go up to them and say, Hey, what's the first thing you need to buy a house? Sure. The majority of the majority of the people you're going to ask aren't going to say, hey, I need a loan officer to figure out my financial situation. The first thing they said is, well, I just need a real estate agent to show me some houses. Right. right? So we have trained this general population to say, hey, I need a real estate agent first and then I need to figure out my finances second. I, I disagree with it. I, I think that you need to get your finances right first and then find a real estate agent. Um, but I, I'm a, I do invest in real estate. I, I'd have a lot of um, experience in the real estate world. I'm not a real estate agent, but if people come to me and ask me real estate advice, what I can do is I, I've really developed a database of real estate agents that I trust. I mean, I have a, I do have a lot of following and I do get a lot of stuff across the country, but I've developed a database of real estate agents I trust that I can refer to and that we know how each other works. So that's that's kind of what it is. So I threw you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no. What, what, you know, when you look at your page, there, there's so much valuable content, and some of it, yes, does kind of come from like the perspective of stuff you would see an agent talking about. But like you said, it's, it's good for uh, you know for a mortgage broker to know that side of it as well. And I, I totally agree. Anyone who's looking to buy a home should definitely get their finances in order first. I'm sure most agents would would love that if every client they right. met already had a pre-approval and they knew what they could actually afford. That's exactly. usually that's usually not the case. I'd say as an agent myself, most people I meet, you know, for the first time, whether it's in front of a property or at a coffee shop, and you ask them if they've been pre-approved, the answer is almost always no. I mean, right. it's, it, 75% of the time it's no, I haven't done that yet. And I'm like, well, you know, that that would certainly be a good first step, you know? Right. <laughs> but, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like, let's figure that part of the equation out and then we can really focus on a price point. Um, so listen, like you are doing a, a ton of business. I mean, we're talking like, you know, around half a million dollars GCI. I got to know, where are you generating most of your leads, most of your business from right now? 
so I would say between between social and between referrals. And that is how I built my business from the day one. Um, it's always been about referrals. It's always been about uh, my database. It's always been about the brand and, and capturing people through social. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't pay a dollar for lead gen at all. Um, I didn't have success with it the best, like, cause I tried to do it myself. So sure. of course sure. we're not going to, of course I'm not going to have the best, uh, deal with that. But what I've done is I've, I've really focused on referrals. I've really focused on database re-engagement and I have focused heavily on obviously the social media and being, being like a local celebrity, local expert in my field. If you see somebody all the time, you're going to think about them when you need the service. And that's kind of how I've built it. I have a lot of people reaching out, uh, real estate agents as well. I help real estate agents do what I did through social. I mean, it, it can be replicated. It can be done again. So for me, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to provide as much value as I can to my real estate agent partners that they trust me and want to work with me. I re-engage my database so that all my previous clients think about me when they need anything else. I'm not a mortgage loan officer. I'm like a financial, I'm like a financial mortgage advisor. Like I want to be contacted all the time and I re-engage all the time. And then social media is just the, it's just the storefront to get people captivated to walk into my, and walk into my store. Very cool. And that's a great way to put it, right? Social media is kind of like a storefront. You got to have that good looking window. If people are going to walk in and actually engage and buy something. And so it's basically, it's, it's referrals and social media are kind of your two main pillars for generating business. And I, I want to get to social media and your system there in a little bit, but, but let's dive into referrals first. Mm -hmm. You know, what does your referral generating system look like? Like, are you re-engaging with past clients every like 30 days, 90 days? Do you send out a newsletter? Is it direct mail? Like, what does that system look like? So one, prior to, prior to having people speak into my business that I trust, I would say coaches was the biggest turning point for me mm -hmm. um, and, and doing that. I, I stopped all automations up front, all automations. I stopped because, you know, people don't want to get that random email that says, you know, happy Labor Day. I mean, as a real estate agent, you don't want to get spam mailed with me saying, hey, welcome to fall or hey, springtime cleaning. Let's refinance. You know, it's random. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it's totally true. Everyone hates that happy Labor Day. Right. Get those then, out of here. <laughs> and then like the, the one that drives me nuts the most is like happy birthday. If you're looking to buy or sell, by the way, let's refi. Let's not even focus on the birthday. Let's just focus on what I need. Oh, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> One of the best things I did was turn it all off. I, I turned off all automations. I turned off all different things. And what I said was I was going to make it personable upfront. Now, I do think you have to have some automations in there, just like long-term follow-up and different things. But um, I've, I've made mine really personable. I, I want to make sure I have a very personable experience, not just through the process. I think a lot of times people think that from application to close, that is the process. But they forget that closing to infinity is still sales. Like it's still a selling point where you can re-engage these, these clients. So I send them happy birthday messages. I try to do it the day before. Um, I, have a, I have a business development manager and she'll go through and send me all the birthdays from the day before. And I try to make a, a video. I don't use the same video. I say their name in the video. So I make it personalized. That's part of my, my time blocking is... Hey, I'm going to send my birthday text messages and I'm going to make the video. 
Um, I do a quarterly newsletter. It's called a letter from the heart. And what I do for the letter from the heart is uh, I pick a client. I ask them just to tell their experience, tell their story. Um, I like to highlight cool things that are happening on the team. I don't really try to make it about, I guess, market data and statistics and, you know, call me to refi. I want people to see like real people are behind these transactions. It's not just a loan number. It's real people. And if I can tell somebody that had a great experience, man, I work with a lot of a lot of first time VA buyers, a lot of first time buyers. And one of the coolest things was I never you hear him say, it, I never thought I would own a home. The story of where they came from to now I own a home. It's a powerful story and can impact and be a motivator to a lot of people. So I want to make sure I highlight that. Um, so I do quarterly quarterly newsletters from the hearts. I try to do one client appreciate uh, two client appreciation events a year. Um, one though, most times. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, I, I appreciate it's tough. the authenticity yeah. there. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Um, try to do two, one, um, and then I do send out like monthly uh, home value reports. Okay. I do use a system like a home bot, but I use like my home IQ. My home IQ. Okay, cool. So that there's the system right there. And that is, you know, sounds simple, right? In process, but if you actually execute on it, it is enough to generate a ton of referrals and do the type of business that you're doing. So, and I, I love the, the first pillar of that system is really, you know, make um, a point of saying happy birthday. I mean, birthdays <laughs> are so important. I mean, they really are. I mean, if mm -hmm. you hear happy birthday from someone on a yearly basis and, and and you're one of the first people to say it, whether it's first thing that morning or in your case, the day before, that's something that really sticks with people. And it means right. a lot to us as human beings for whatever reason, birthdays are very mm -hmm. pivotal. I, I sent a happy birthday text this morning. I love the video idea. I, I, I'll send voice texts a lot for happy birthdays, oh, yes. mm -hmm. you know, but, but I do think that if someone is taking the time every single year to shoot a 20 second happy birthday video, then that's probably the person you're going to go to when it's time to get a loan or when it's time to give a referral. Cause you're like, this person actually cares about me, the person they're not mm -hmm. just looking for my business. Right. And, and that's huge. So we got that, we got the quarterly newsletter where you're really kind of focusing on leveraging the power of story, you know, and telling stories about people who have purchased homes. I think that's really powerful stuff. And then of course the, the one-time event every single year, or, or two, preferably, but sometimes it winds <laughs> up being one. And I, I myself, I think usually aim for two, but wind up pulling off one. Yeah, yeah. It gets you face to face with people and you mm -hmm. can't replicate that face to face interaction. And just delivering on that every single year has built you a tremendous business, you know, on top of the social media leads. Very, very, very cool stuff. Is that the same system you use to like keep in touch with your agent referral partners as well? Uh, so agents, agents a little different because, you know, I, Man, that's a long answer. So cut me off if I if no, I talk please, too much. I think it. that I think that the the dynamic between loan officer and real estate agent got it got kind of weird. It got kind of weird. It's like, hey, loan officer, agent, give me your business. Well, then agent to loan officer, what are you going to give me? Loan officer to agent, I'm going to provide value. How many times have you heard somebody call you? Probably you're a real estate agent and say, hey, I just want to add value to your business. Sure. And most of the time you can ruin their entire argument by saying, well, what's that value? Define it for me. Specifically right. define your value. Right, right. And most of them are like, well, close on time, got great rate. I'm like, those are duhs. Like, well, duh. <laughs> well, duh, you better close on time. It's your job. Well, 
duh, you better have the lowest rate. I mean, I've never heard anybody go up and say, hey, I never close on time, have the worst rates, and my turn <laughs> times are horrendous. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're not going to say that. So th that's not a value point. Um, so for my real estate agents, what I like to do is I like to have a, a power hour. I like to have a power hour every Monday. And again, the real estate agents that want it, I'll do it. But what I like to do is I like to check in and I like to just call and say, you know, I'm thinking about you. How you doing? Um, depending on what's going on, if there's a new program, if if something big is happening in the market, maybe we're having a jobs report or some huge report coming out later in the week. I do like to talk to my real estate agents once a week or um, twice a month and say, hey, here's some things to look forward to. Here's some things that you're going to get uh, asked questions on, because a lot of times I have real estate agents. They'll call me and ask me questions because buyers are asking them. And my thing is, man, how cool is it if I can educate the real estate agents so when they have those conversations, they look like the expert right there and they don't have to necessarily call me every time. They can answer the questions. And then sometimes I just call the real estate agents and just be like, hey, how you doing? You know, I know the market is just crazy right now. I, I know things are a mess. You doing all right? Um, I genuinely want to care about the people I do business with and I genuinely do care about the people I do business with. I don't want it to be a transactional thing. I want it to be a relational thing. If I meet with a real estate agent and the first thing that they they do is try to make it into a, a, a transaction, I'm, I'm good. Like there are loan officers that want that. I'm good on that. I want to, I want to hang out. I, I want to be able to um, talk about something other than loans and <clears throat> real estate. That's how I want it. Um, we're two entrepreneurs coming together to try to build business together. And I think that's the biggest piece that's missed by a lot of people is we get up in this like weird <clears throat> circle of life thing where it's, you know, I need to beg you for something. And then, and, and then after you deliver a certain amount, then you need something from me. And I think that happens naturally. I think when you start working with people, you want to take care of each other, whatever that looks like. And, um, that's just kind of how I've done it. So I have, I have power hours. Um, I try to do an agent appreciation also, um, just anything I can do, little things, just to sure. show that I'm thinking about them and I care. Sure. And it's not always just about transactions. Yeah. I but the that. social media thing helps to be able to give back a little bit. 100%. 100%. But, you know, I like that a lot. You know, the power hour where you're calling your agent referral partners. And, you know, sometimes it's with a little bit of like, you know, loan information so that they can sound like experts when talking to their clients. And sometimes it's just like, you know, hey, how are you? Let's just talk like human to human here. It doesn't need to be super transactional every time we speak. Right. And, I, and I'm sure just getting voice to voice on a personal human to human level like that with these agent referral partners means the world to them. And that makes you their go to guy. And, you know, as an agent myself, if I've got a loan officer that's calling me every once in a while, putting a couple of sound bites in my ears that I can then relate to my clients and give value to them, that's going to be something I appreciate a lot for sure. And I'm going to see that guy as a source of value mm -hmm. and someone that I'm going to want to connect my clients with. I think that that's a great system for, for staying in touch with your agent partners. Um, so, so we kind of just covered referrals, right? Which is like your, your one arm of, of right. business generation. You know, I want to kind of lean a little bit into social media right now. I mean, you've got over 28,000 followers on Instagram. I, I think anyone that's tried to build a brand on any social media platform can respect how difficult it is to build a following uh, of that size. It takes, you know, a lot of planning, a lot of hard work and a lot of execution to, to get to that number. Um, you know, what does your kind of social media system look like uh, on a weekly basis? So when I and, and I haven't posted like 
I haven't posted in a, a little bit actually, um, because I, I just don't have time to edit videos. I got to find another editor. Uh, but one of the big things that I did was, um, do you know, Mo Ishmael? I do not know Mo. Is that like a social so, media influencer yeah, he or is. coach person? He, he, he is. Okay. Uh -huh. cool. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So he, he has a lot more than I have, but he makes sense. So through my coaching and through the guys that I've met, I, I have been in the same circle as him now. And I've had a chance to talk to him, pick his brain about things. And um, I knew kind of what to do before I talked to him, but he kind of like took all my ideas and brought them together and made it organized. Um, so I have a system that basically I use in order to grow something. And for social media, um, it was all about being strategic. Posting is posting is cool. Like posting is good, but there's a lot of strategy of things you can do before you post and after your post that make the world a difference on social. Tons of difference. Because here's the thing: a, a social media platform is as only good as how much interaction and how much time you're spending on that social media platform, right? So if if people come on and just you know, you probably heard it post and ghost, they post and then they're off the app. You won't grow, right? You, you won't grow. So there's a couple people that I followed their techniques. I've talked to them and saying, Hey, look, how did you do it? Tell me what I need to do. And I've copied exactly the techniques that they've used and I stayed consistent with it. And I mean, it's worked. So again, I, you know, other piece of this is like, you can have 28,000 followers, never get a lead, or you can have 1000 followers and get a lead every month. So I would say the follower count isn't as big as the, like, how good is that audience? Like how much is that audience engaging with you? Because if the audience is engaging, it's just a follower, but yeah, for sure. But if that audience engages now, I might have a customer. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's converting the followers to customers and, uh, and working that aspect. So I just, I just use the same pattern over and over again. Um, basically I carve out an hour every day for social. Okay, cool. And during that hour, are you like researching ideas? Are you scripting? Are you shooting? Or do you kind of block, or is that like a different thing day by day? Yeah, different thing. So my, my shooting day and editing day, I would say is its own day. It's its okay. own time where I'll shoot and I'll send it off to an editor and they'll edit the videos, the reels with up to, you know, what they want. Um, editing itself is a completely different animal. You know, you want people to watch you know, the majority of your video and it's going to get boosted further. Well, I mean, making simple corrections is making your video shorter. So people watch longer mm -hmm. playing that system. Right. Um, so editing and that's one day. So every day I would say that majority of it is I'll go on and I will look at different hashtags and I'll look at different, um, different, uh, influencers or different people that are in my space that are doing, that are having success with good videos. I don't necessarily copy their videos. I mean, that used to be the thing where you just recreate content, which you still can do. Um, I try to just get some ideas and then I'll sure. do it, make it my own. I mean, with chat GPT, it's, it's changed the game for content. I mean, it makes it ridiculously easy to figure out something. You don't even have to think anymore. <laughs> so I'll go on there and grab different hashtags. I'll save the hashtags. I'll write down the hashtags in my little notepad on my phone. Um, I'll go into some of those hashtags or some of those people's pages and I'll comment and I'll like uh, comments. Okay. I won't just make a general comment. I won't just go in there and just be like, hey, great post. Um, 
Oh, that's really cool. I will go in there and just be like, Hey, look, that's an awesome post you that you just posted about being able to purchase a uh, four unit property with no down payment using a VA loan. I mean, I think that's a really strategic way for our military, blah, 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 blah. Like I will make a, a heartfelt post. Um, what happens when I do that, it's happened a couple times is my comments will get pinned by the person who made the posts on the top right. of their comments. It will get pinned. And when people see that, well, now you have credibility and that credibility I leverage to basically get followers. They'll come over and check out my page. Now um, they'll like my comment and more people will like my comment. It'll just be a snowball effect. And then sure. I just rinse and repeat because Instagram is going to, and my big thing's Instagram. Like, so when I reference this, a lot of it, it's Instagram, sure. um, Instagram awards engagement. So those big influencers, they have to comment or like my, my comment. They have right, to, right. Yeah. if they don't, they're not, they're missing out and they know better than that. So I leverage the power of that as well to say, Hey, look, they have to engage with me. And if it's good enough and genuine enough, then I potentially have a chance to be at the top of their page. So I do that for like 30 minutes, then I'll Love post that. my post and then another 30 minutes. I'll go through the explore page and find um, like high, uh, high engagement or I'll ha have videos that are reels that have a lot of views in a short amount of time, comment on those uh, and, and just kind of rinse, again, rinse and repeat. I mean, Instagram wants you to have saves, bookmarks. Uh, they want you to have sends, like people sending your content to someone else sure. and that's awarded big time. Yeah, boy, that's a really cool system right there. And when, when you talk to people about how to build like a social media following or community, a lot of times they do talk about, you know, the, the scripting and the filming and the editing. They don't talk a lot about the engagement when the engagement is really a huge piece of the puzzle there. And it seems like it's mm -hmm. really a big part of your secret sauce, half hour of engagement post, and then another half hour of engagement. And you're not just, you know, hitting likes and saying great job, like you're actually putting something together in your mind and yep. your heart that's heartfelt and that you really think that people will find valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think if people did that every day to squirt off an hour every day for, you know, engagement, shoot your posts out, of course, and then a little bit more engagement, they'd probably see a lot more growth on Instagram than they're seeing yeah. by, by just posting and ghosting as, as you right. said before. Right. My, and, and that's like hundred percent. And I think the, the way that I can be the best loan officer is that I become the best real estate agent. For sure. Right. So if I'm a brand new real estate agent in a brand new city and I just move there, I can legit make myself look like a local celebrity, local expert within a month, maybe, maybe a couple months that it doesn't matter if I'm brand new in this area, I can go appeal to the entire community in a specific area and no one would know the difference if I just moved there or not. You oh, could be sure. living, you know, where you're living, I could move right there and in a couple months more people can know who I am. That's the power of it. That's the power of social. Um, and I think if more people, I think it, I think a little bit of a fire has caught on this year. I remember starting this early last year and being like, Hey, look, you need to do this because it's going to become flooded. Uh, I said it, I said it a while ago. I was like, social media is no longer an, it's, it's no longer a separator. Social being on social doesn't separate you anymore. It's a necessity. You sure. have to. It's no longer, you're, you're not the only store in this little town anymore. Now you're, now you're a town center. Now there's plenty of them. Now who's going to have the better storefront and attract more customer? 
Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think at this point, it's about, you know, just as important as any of the other old fashioned marketing initiatives mm -hmm. that that you so call have to do. I, I do think it is pretty much a necessity right now. If you want to be a top producer in, in the real estate field, you got to have a presence online, right. whether and, you know, pick your platform and focus on it, whether it's Instagram right. or TikTok or whatever. I, I don't think Absolutely. you necessarily need to you know try and, and be some behemoth across all platforms right away. Pick one, focus it, dominate it. And then sure, maybe add a second platform to focus on after that. Um, really, really cool stuff there. And I want to talk about one thing you mentioned in passing was that you are leveraging chat GPT to produce content a little bit. And I'm just curious, like, what's that look like? Are you looking for, do you, does it help you script videos? Does it help you find video ideas? Like what do you use chat GPT for? Man, everything, <laughs> like everything. <laughs> I don't want to give my secret, but everything. So, you know, if I, if I like a if I come up with a script and I just, it just doesn't hit me right. It doesn't sound right. Um, I'll go on a chat, a chat GPT and I'll put a prompt in there. Like, Hey, write this. If I was a whatever, and then I'll put what I wanted to say and I'll have it rewrite it. And then I'll be like, oh, I don't like it. Rewrite it again. Okay. Look, make it shorter and add more flair or something. And then boom, write it again. Like it can, it can handle a lot of the process of sitting there trying to think of anything. It, it will do that for you. Sure. Let's sure. say, uh, I like what somebody else said. I can take what they said and just rewrite it a hundred times. And it's not longer really what they were talking about, but the same idea. Um, <clears throat> another thing that I like to do is when I'm creating a, if I'm creating a YouTube video, you know, the tags that you have in YouTube, one of the things that I hate is, is I hate putting them separated by commas. Okay. So, so I'll put all the hashtag, I'll put all the tags in there and tell chat, BC, chat GPT, Hey, write this thing out and separate it by semicolons. Um, I use it for literally anything and everything. Uh, I, it was funny. I, I wrote a, I wrote a country music song using chat PT. If I could sing, man, if I could sing, I'd be doing that. So, I mean, I just, I use it for everything. And then I, I teach uh, real estate agents how to leverage chat GPT to, come up maybe if you know a listing or if they want to describe a property i mean it's so it's so cool the power of ai it's scary but the the it is cool and it does cut out a ton of time of having to come up with stuff when you're not necessarily the most creative mind in the world sure yeah i mean very cool and i agree i think people need to be leveraging it on a daily basis similar to the way you are um you know you kind of like a country music star so i could totally buy that man you i'll know? take it I'll take it. I never grew up in the country, but I'll take it. I'm yeah. born and raised at the beach, but I <laughs> country music. That's my thing, man. Well, maybe chat GPT will be able to yeah. sing for us pretty soon and we can, and we can make that happen. <laughs> but, um, so, so you, you kind of mentioned, um, a little bit before about, uh, you know, coaching and, and, and you know, and how it's been kind of pivotal to, to your growth. And I just want you to go in a little bit more on that. Like, do you have like a one-on-one -on -one coach that you meet with on a weekly basis? Is it like a group coaching type mm -hmm. of community? Like, Tell me about, you know, your experience with coaching and how it's been important to your growth. So I, I'm super competitive. Like my, my sport was golf. I grew up playing golf. Nice. Like, so I, I knew that I'm I sure, love, I'm sure you could kick my butt, but I love golf. I love, I love golf is because I don't necessarily have to rely on, I, I, teams are important. I have a team, but the success of golf is determined by how hard you're going to work and you delivering it. And that's how I kind of see as a loan officer. A lot of times we're, this is loan, like we're by ourselves. Same with a real estate agent. It's you. Um, 
And I knew that I wanted to get to a place uh, of success or wanted to get to this place. And all the coaches that had approached me and wanted to coach me, all the um, people that said that they can fix my business and pour into my business, my question to them, my, my only question was, how many loans are you originating currently right now? Oh, I've never originated a loan or, uh, well, I'm not a loan officer anymore. I haven't been a loan officer for years, but then how can you coach me and tell me where I want to go? You can't, you can't for me personally, I'm getting, I'm speaking for myself. I know there's a lot of great coaches out there, um, that, that don't originate loans that aren't loan officers. And I'm not discrediting them also because there are great coaches out there. But for me, I needed somebody to tell me how my brain works is do X, Y, and Z look where I am. And then I'm doing X, Y, and Z to go to the next level. So I needed to find people that are at the level that I want to be at. Have to surround, I, I surround myself with people that I want my future to look like. It's just what I do. Um, and I wanted to be surrounded by people that were going to show me how to get to a level that I wanted to go. So um, I actually, uh, it's called growth only coaching. And um, it's a group setting the group that I'm in. It's like five or six people, but I'm, I'm like right in the middle, right in the middle. When I first started, I was in the middle to the low part of my group volume wise. Um, and I wanted that because I needed to sit back and listen. One of the, one of the biggest things for me is I always remain number one, humble and remain coachable. I have to remain coachable. I always want to make sure that I can learn something no matter what it is. And so being in that group, I mean, it's five or six people that are doing hundred, hundred, hundred fifty million dollars a year and loan volume. That's what I want. Just tell me how to get there. And they told me how to get there and I'm just doing it. I'm not trying to reinvent <laughs> the wheel. You know, I just, I'm putting my, my spin on it, but I do what they tell me to do. And I mean, it's pretty, I'm, I am year over year. I am in a, in a time where I should not be doing well, again, I'm, I'm blessed. So thank God for that. But I shouldn't be doing the volume that I'm doing in the environment that I'm doing with the amount of years that I have experience wise, something's different, something's working. And I think part of it is because I'm obsessed with business, but I think the other part of it is because I, I hired people that can show me what to do and how to get there. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of it is, you know, put yourself in a room where you're not the most successful guy, you know, maybe where you are in the, the, the bottom third of, of volume production and yeah, right. just learn from the people that are doing the type of business that you want to do. You don't got to reinvent the wheel. Like you said, sure. Put your own spin on it. But, but I think the blueprint is out there for us to do almost anything we want to do in this world. People mm -hmm. are out there doing it already. We just got to find these people. We got to get face to face with them, right. voice, voice to voice with them. And then exactly stay coachable. That is, that is really important, but very cool. And just to, to kind of talk about this a little bit more. So is it more of a mastermind or is it a, 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 a full on coaching program? It's, it's full on coaching. Okay. Yeah. Now they have, um, like two masterminds yearly where it's like a conference Sure. and everybody gets together and talks. It, it's almost like a coach mastermind. So we get into these group, like this, my group specifically is like, like I said, five or six people. And we go through coaching like, hey, here's what I'm doing um, and here's how it's working for me and here's what you should do. But then also, you know, some of the best coaches just make you ask really good questions. Sure. Like we have to ask really good questions or he's not going to you, you could speak for an hour and never say anything that I really need to know. 
but if I ask you a question, then we can hone in on that very specifically. So I like that part is we, we ask the questions and then we get the explanation of the why we're doing this. And it's not just do it. Here's the why behind it. Um, I would say at the level that I'm at, my, my biggest coaching was not necessarily how to get business. It was more so how do I grow my team to get me out of the trench so I could go get more business. So right. for me, that was the next level was creating the team and establishing the processes of the team to where I don't have to necessarily be in the day to day every day. Right, right. Your your job at this point should be you're, you're the rainmaker, right? You're, you're going yeah. out there and, and you're collecting the new business and then you've got systems in place to make sure that business gets, you know, a, a plus service from Correct. A, from A to Z. 100%. What does your team look like right now? Like, you know, for, you know, in a total aspect, like who's on the team, who's doing what? Yeah. So it's not even that, you know, not that complicated. So I'm the loan officer. I have a front end. Um, I, I gave him AVP of, of lending just because people like the name. So it's but a good, that's a fancy name. I hey, like it. I'm, AVP I'm of lending. So he handles, <laughs> he handles everything up front. Um, so he handles all of the leads that come through, uh, schedules me, my mortgage consult calls, uh, you know, I, I do a very strategic, very, um, in-depth mortgage consult call. I don't just send letters and just say, Hey, here's your closing costs and your rate as a buyer. I want you to understand what you're doing. And I go in depth because it takes the pressure off the real estate agent as well, because buyers want to ask real estate agents, all these financial questions. I try to knock all the questions out. So I have a, I have a very in-depth mortgage consult call up front. He schedules all that. He handles the lead to qualification. He's licensed pre-approvals. Um, and then when a contract comes in, he onboards the contract and then it gets pushed to my back end. And then she's AVP of business development. And what happens with that is she takes it from contract and works with our, our processing team and closes it and gets it closed. And then she handles closing to legacy. I mean, for however else on helps me with all that stuff. There so it is. it's really those two. So it's a front end, a back end, and then I, I do have a processing company. Very cool. Very cool stuff. And, you know, I'm just curious, kind of like, I think when someone hears about someone who's doing as much business as you're doing and they built this business in, you know, seven years or so, not, not a long period of time. And like you said, you're doing a ton of volume at a time where maybe you shouldn't be doing a ton of volume compared to some of your competitors. Like, what does your average day look like? Do you have an average day or is every day a little bit different? No, every day has a, every day has a plan. Um, every day has the, I know exactly what I'm doing every day. Uh, I have it, I have it time blocked out. I know what's coming. I review it the day before I re, and I review it at the end of the day of my next day. So I know nothing is, nothing is a really surprise. It's boring, but it's consistency every single day. And I execute the same thing pretty much. My Mondays look like my Mondays, my Tuesdays, my Tuesdays. I know what's happening on Thursdays. My team knows what's happening on Thursdays. I have non-negotiable time that these are the things that we will get done. Nothing else gets done until these things get done. And we execute every single week. Every single week is the same. So is that like a, a Sunday practice for you where you time block out your entire week or is it pretty much the same every week? You don't really have to it, edit it too much. It's pretty much the same. I will say that you know, meetings that I do have that pop up, get on my schedule. I review those the night before um, Sunday, you know, we have a Sunday night ritual. So that is a get ready for Monday, get ready for the week. I mean, if contracts are coming in, making sure that I have at least if they've been sent to me, send them to my, my upfront guy. Um, 
and then just get a grasp on the closings that are happening the next week. And then really, I kind of wait until my team meeting. I don't have team meetings on Mondays. I have team meeting on Tuesday. So after this, I'll have my team meeting and my team meeting strategic. I want to know, um, do we have any hot files that I need to jump in on? Do we have any hot pre-approvals that I need to jump in on? What are some questions that you have as a team? Hey, if we're starting a new process, here's what it is and here's the why behind it. And then I like to ask them why they think I'm doing it. And then I like to just get their suggestions. Listen, I, I would be doing them such a disservice if I didn't say like they make up the way that I'm able to do business. Like my team helps me do what I do. We are a team. Um, one of the biggest things is, and, and I didn't notice, you don't notice these things until you start really paying attention. Um, one of them said, well, your loan, your loan's going to close. And I was like, it's, it's not my loan. Like you got to, don't ever say that again. It's not my loan. It's our loan. <laughs> right. Like if we have a problem, it's our problem. If we have a success, it's our success. So the way that we've changed our talking, the way that we, we talk and we think, I mean, man, my vision is important to me, but it's when they bought into my vision. That is when our team just started going going. Yeah. And it is a machine. I, I never believed that I could do more and work less because that was the biggest thing was I was working all the time, all the time. I had zero quality of life. I have two little girls. I have a wife. I couldn't do anything. And I needed the one thing that no one could give me or that I couldn't buy. And it was time. And that was the biggest thing that this, this program, coaching program, and I hate even calling it a coaching program because it's like, it really is like a family now. I mean, these guys, I talk to them all the time just to talk to them. Sure. But, um, it gave me my, it gave me my life back as far as just being able to be there for things and be present in situations. And, uh, that's kind of changed every, if anything else, all the money, all the loans, man, having my daughters come up and being like, Hey, can we go outside and just ride a bike real quick? And me being like, yeah, I'm gonna leave my phone in here. I'll be right back. Knowing that things are still going to be handled, man, that's a business. That's a business. Yeah, if sure. it functions when I'm not there. So 100%, I know that was like a little tangent, but no, listen, it was, it was a solid tangent. My man, I think there was a lot of value there. And I think a lot of agents and a lot of loan officers and just a lot of small business owners in general, they're not necessarily even running a business. They just kind of created the job for themselves and they're, and they're working more hours for, you know, for the same pay they would be if they were a nine to five, you know, W2 employee. And you got to systematize, you got to have leverage, you got to have people that are on your team or else you're just going to work yourself to the bone. You're going to be burnt out. And when you break it down at the end of the year, like you're like, wow, my hourly wage is pretty low because I'm working 80 hours a week for, you know, $100,000 in income. And that, that that's not where you want to be. So I, I yeah. totally agree. And I love that you, you know, leaned on coaching. You're like, listen, I don't really know how to systematize this whole thing. You know, I wasn't born with this information. I'm going to invest in some coaching. I'm going to find a coach, someone who's doing what I want to be doing. They have a team that's working full throttle and they're going to teach me how to do it. And I think that is a really important thing because so many of us just try and do it all on our own or we try and read a book on how to do it. But there's just something really valuable about learning directly from someone who's doing exactly what you want to do. Right. And and I, I totally agree. I think that a good, a, a foolproof way to find a really good coach is find someone who's already produced. You know, they've yeah. already produced in the way you want to produce. And kind of like you said, there are great coaches who have never produced at that level because they're just you know, their interest is finding top producers and learning their habits. Right. Like, you know, Tom Ferry, for instance, right, was never a top agent, but he's the top, top real estate coach in the world. 
But I do think that it's an easier way, a more effective way to find someone who's already produced on that level. Right. If you're, you're going to work with them on a one on one basis, for sure. That's that's just how I yeah. again, like I said, and to your point, there's great coaches that have never been in the weeds, I should say. Um, but just for me, the type of coach I needed to show me what to do. Yeah. I don't need complicated. I don't right. need somebody to tell me to wake up and go to work. Like I'm already, I'm already motivated enough. Uh, that's, that's the last thing I need. My wife might kill me. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, you nailed, you nailed it. I couldn't have said any better than that. And just really quick on that point, you're obviously, you know, work ethic is clearly, you know, one of your superpowers. You're, you're a hardworking guy. Um, what do you attribute that to? Are you super connected to your why? Have you always just had a really powerful work ethic? Like, do you ever feel resistance to work? And if so, how do you push through it? You know, what do you attribute this work ethic to? So I think my mom, I mean, I'm going to say my mom and my dad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up like, and I tell the story, like I didn't grow up with this rough upbringing and I, I didn't come from like being extremely poor and I didn't have to fight through life. Um, and, but I wasn't raised in a, in a, like we weren't rich, you know what I mean? We were comfortable, but I watched, I watched my parents. Like I was a pretty observant kid. I'm a pretty observant kid. My dad, um, came from Honduras. So he was born in Honduras and then he came over here and worked on a cruise ship. And he uh, taught himself, he taught himself multiple languages, but taught himself English and he got a citizenship. And then he met my mom in a cruise ship when she was on the cruise ship and said that she was, he was going to marry her and he did. Um, so I have, I have two very, my parents are like, my dad is, you better do it with everything you got with every single second of passion that you, that you have anything that's inside of you, you better use it. Don't stop until you get it. You better win. My mom is do that, but don't you ever tell anybody that you're good at anything. Don't you ever, ever think that you're better than anybody. Don't you ever think that you can't be brought right back down real quick. Um, do it with humility do it with, with the passion, but do it with humility. And, and that's kind of like where I think it started. I mean, my dad worked in car sales. He was working from shoot. I worked in car sales too. It was miserable, but it was like eight to 10 o'clock at night. There'd be days where I didn't see him, you know? And he was, I didn't understand it then, but he was working as hard as he could to give us the best life we could have. And I knew that, man, as much as I appreciated it, I did not want to do that. Right. I didn't want to do that. Um, so I knew that if I was going to do something, it was going to go all in. I was going to be passionate about it. I was going to remain humble about it. And then I just have always been obsessed with just accomplishing it for myself. Like I just have always been obsessed and old and ultra focused when I put my mind to something. Um, and I, I won't lie to you. I, there would be times where I'll burn out or I burnt out in the past where I'm like, man, I, I just don't even want to do anything right now. Sure. Um, how do you push through think, that? What's that? How do you push through that when you feel that resistance to work? So I didn't you, know. You don't want to do everything you got to do today. Yeah. I, I did, to be honest, I didn't know how to push through it. I mean, there was times where I was just like, I don't want to work right now. Like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit for a second. And I think I realized that um, it was, I think it was my pastor. Somebody said that, look, you got to start resting with intention. So I realized that once I started rest, I planned my rest. Like 
then it didn't become a rest that lasted a long period of time. Like you don't want to hit that burnout lull because that burnout lull is really hard to come back from. It really is hard to snap yourself out of it. And, you know, luckily I didn't stay in one for, you know, multiple times, a long time. I mean, it might've been a couple of days or a week, but I think that again, giving myself time back and realizing how important it was to, you know, go just go play golf, like being okay with going to play golf. Um, I think that it helped me push through those times because they, they will happen. They will happen. Um, and I think that being, being intentional with your rest as intentional you are with what you're doing from the day to day is so important. So I just build in rest periods to these, these times. I, I'm not scared. I used to be so scared to keep my phone anywhere, man. It would give me anxiety. Like I joke, but I was, I legit sent a pre-approval as my wife was in labor. Oh no. Yeah, man. I was like, hold on. Can you, like, can we hold on two seconds? I got to send this letter real quick. Um, but I would, I would get so, I would get so much like so nervous and anxious. Like if I don't do this, somebody else is going to steal my business. And I had to let that kind of go. And then I had to realize that I could trust my real estate agents that, Hey, look, I don't have to be scared of real estate agents. These people like real estate agents understand. And that's when it, that's when I started changing my business mindset that I want to work with people that I really like. And if I say, Hey, I'm at dinner with my family. It's okay, cool. No worries. Just send it to me when you're done. Love that. And that's when I learned how to strategically align myself with people that match my business. Yeah. And that's what I did. So it's really good stuff. I, I love the lesson, you know, your father kind of uh, imparted on you, you know, hard work, work hard. Mom kind of uh, on the other side, you know, but stay humble. And along the line, you kind of learns, I got to be more intentional with my rest. You can't yeah. work 24 hours a day, every day, you're going to hit that wall. And it's so true. When you hit that burnout wall, it can keep you down for weeks, even months, but, but before you get back on track. So you do not want to hit that burnout wall and, you know, put the, put the rest in your calendar the same way that you're putting social media time and, and prospecting and meetings in your calendar, block off some time to just kind of, you know, be off the grid, reflect, play nine holes mm -hmm. of golf, get out there with some friends and just bounce your energy off of them because being intentional with that time is going to keep you refreshed, keep you motivated, keep you taking action right. on your business. And, and if you don't be intentional with that time, you're going to hit that wall and, and, and it's going to hurt. It's going to, it's going to bring you down for, for a long time. It really is. It will. Absolutely, brother. So uh, a question I like to end on, and this has been an awesome talk. I'm sure anyone that's listening is going to take a lot out of this conversation that they can directly input into their business. But let's say there's someone listening, maybe they're an agent, maybe they're a loan officer, maybe they're some other type of entrepreneur, and they're not seeing a lot of growth in their business. They're, they're just not feeling like super inspired right now. You know, for lack of a better term, they're kind of feeling stuck. How do they get unstuck? I think you have to do one of the hardest things ever and, and look with inside of what you're doing. I think that a lot of people are scared to self-reflect on and be honest with themselves. It's very easy to, to trick yourself into thinking that you're doing all the right stuff when deep down, you know, you're not, um, you, you know, that it, you're, that if you're waking up working, you know, you're waking up and working, but I think it's, it's taking off early when you know, you should be working or it's not sending that, um, text message when you know you should be sending that text message. So I think self-reflection number one is the first thing you have to do. Like what, what am I not doing that other people are doing, which leads into that. 
Start surrounding yourself with people that are where you want to be. Start surrounding yourself with people that can get you motivated. If I'm hanging around with people that all they want to do is go out on Friday nights and go to the bars and drink, then that's going to be my life. But if I'm, if I'm meeting with people on a, a Tuesday morning and having coffee and we're talking about business future plans and how are we going to get there and let's motivate each other, like that is a different mindset. You got to surround yourself with people that are in the mindset that you want to be in. Like you want motivation, surround yourself with motivators. That's it. That's it. Um, and then I would say also just like if, if you're not, if you're not implementing the things that other successful people are implementing, I mean, that's easy to pick up um, social media thing. Um, just, just get with some top producers and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Help me do it. And, and then just try to stay motivated. I mean, I, I don't know what it's like to be an unmotivated person. So it's hard for me to empathize, I guess, with that. Um, but I do think that people can get excited about something that they're passionate about. Find your passion, find your passion, find, figure out why you got into this business, figure out the why, and then stop trying to make it so corporatized and transactional and really start just making this a relational thing. And uh, man, your business will go, your business will go. It's just stop trying to be like everybody else and, and be like who you are. But I think self-reflection, man, is the, is you have to self-reflect on what are you like, be honest with yourself. And if, and if honestly, if honestly, sometimes that honest conversation looks like, Hey, maybe this business is not for me. Like, don't, that's not a bad thing. That, that's, that's mature. That's maturity to realize that maybe it's not a failure. It's not you quitting. It's, it's okay. Maybe it's something else that I could be doing that I could be extremely successful at. Um, if this business is for you, then there are strategic things that you can do and implement to make sure that you're going to grow. Mine was hire a coach. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't hire the coach. I had to. So I, I, I think that there's always a way to be successful and uh, to motivate yourself. Hell yeah, dude. Really good stuff, Dan. I appreciate you taking the time today, brother. Where, where can people keep up with you, follow you, and, and see what you're up to? Man, social media, the underscore Daniel Solis on Instagram. Um, I'm going to start, uh, like I said, I really got to, I got to get my editor, man. I got to get a new editor, but I'm going to start really pushing my YouTube channel and um, using Instagram just to kind of do less mortgages and more me. So the Daniel Solis, thank you for being here today, yeah. brother. Oh man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed this. Hell yeah. Great, great talk. And everyone out there, thank you for listening. Of course, if you've got a moment, I'd appreciate you picking up your handy dandy phone, leaving us a review so we can get this message out to more people in the future. And until next week, y'all get out there and do big things.